Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. I'm your host, Manpreet, aka MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on Twitter at MMA LOTN. This week we're going over UFC Vancouver, which is blessed with a fucking banger of a fight. We got Donald Cerrone against Justin Gaethje, sure to be probably fight of the year in my opinion. That if if it plays out the way it should, we're gonna get a real fucking treat on Saturday evening. I can't wait for that. Uh, we also got Glover Teixeira against Nikita Krylov on the card as well. That should be a great fight in terms of the light heavyweights. Uh, and a lot of questions will be answered in that fight too. Say a lot of debate about it. Very close line as well, so I can't wait to talk about it. But we're going to be starting off with with the casuals. <laughs> we got my man Big Rob in the house. What's going on? Hey. Uh, so we, we, we had our dogs meet for the first time today. If you guys <laughs> yeah. have been following me on Twitter, you guys know that I recently became a little dog papa. I don't mm-hmm. know what to call it. Dog father. Dog father just mm-hmm. sounds too, like, it sounds... Too hard, like you're trying too hard. You, you, you guys have a fur baby now. A fur, <laughs> I, like his name is Alfred, so I like to call it. I like I wouldn't even mind having him as like the the pet butler. <laughs> sure, you know what yeah. I mean. Like Batman's butler is fucking Alfred. I'm like he's my pet butler. We can much. train him to do things. Yeah, to fucking get my drinks <laughs> and sure. like uh, roll a J for me. <laughs> That'd be next level. How fucking awesome would that be? If that you guys are so able wild. to do that with your pets, let me fucking know and mm. give me the game plan. <laughs> Uh, but wow. they're, they're getting along, that. so I'm good. Um, cool. Hopefully, I can bring him out more often too. Give him a little another doggy friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's super chill right now. He's just trying to like <laughs> yeah. chill the fuck out. It's a, it's an awesome relationship. I'm sure you guys are going to see a little bit of it on Twitter eventually. They're going to be together quite often. So, mm-hmm. and my man LV, I know you want to fucking all the dog pictures <laughs> of my dog. This guy keeps tweeting me. He's like, "Yo, <laughs> give me this dog. Take more pictures of your dog." I'm like, "All right." All right, <laughs> we'll get it. Uh, so this week for the casuals, we're going to be going over uh, Otman Azatar versus Timu Paklin. This was a fight that happened this past weekend okay. at UFC 242. Okay. Uh, so they they were actually in Abu Dhabi this for this fight. Okay. So it was like the main card for us, which normally starts at 10 p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. started at 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh wow! Because it was Wait. like prime time over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, and it was hot as balls. Apparently, like. It, it was like 50 degrees Celsius in the arena. Oh, well, so that, even for the fighters, so, that's difficult. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it's like, it's actually a, like a stadium, so it has an open roof. Okay. Uh, however, for this event, mm. they put like a softer roof on top of it. Oh, okay. In case of any rain or anything like that. So I don't know if, that probably made it worse. Like maybe. keeping all the fucking heat in yeah, there. Yeah, maybe they didn't have sufficient cooling it was nuts like that's the one thing everybody just kept complaining about like i was melting out there even like the commentators are saying it's so fucking hot it was nuts uh that didn't that did not play a factor in this fight i just thought it was an interesting uh fact for yeah 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 uh so yeah this is with 140 remaining in the first round of azitar and pakalin uh it was a fun fight Mm -hmm. up until pretty much this point uh because we were blessed with a pretty good knockout right there Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was insane. Did you see his legs shaking? Yeah. He put his ass out. It was so fast. Like, he covered that distance very quickly, and he landed it, like, right behind the ear. Apparently, that's, like, a really... Like, there's a lot of guys that go down just from getting hit there. Oh, wow. It's, like, an equilibrium, pretty much. Let's see. he, gets he threw everything oh, into that. Oh, wow. The guy was out. 
Yeah. Right away. He was out. Oh, yeah. Twitching does immediately. Uh, does his heart stop and stuff? No, no, no. He's still, his heart's still beating. Like, his his body is just doing, like, primal things right now. Like, primitive. Oh. Super just trying to keep his body alive. Boom. Yeah. Oh. I think and they did like he and he knew like he didn't even go back to nope. hit him again, you know. Some guys they go, you know. I see them go. Oh, I gotta hit him three or four more times. Like that, yeah. that aesthetic, that like that scenario of how he drops. There's no doubt about it. This guy is fucking because he didn't even try bracing himself. No, nope. Arm up, fucking. Nope. He was out. Yeah, dude. he was done. That was one of the crazier ones I've seen. Ugh. just landed so perfectly. The sound too. Fucking they nuts. captured that it's so good. It was it was insane. Yeah, the sound of it as well. Oof. That was one of the crazier fights. I don't know who the fuck impressive. this odd man Azatari guy is. Like obviously I studied him and I did have a bet on him and obviously sure. I won. But uh never heard of him before. Uh UFC debut. Somehow okay. has five hundred and fifty thousand followers on Instagram. Normally fighters have like in the tens of thousands. Unless you're Conor McGregor, where you have like 2 million followers, 3 million followers, or something like that, right? What are you thinking? What do you think I he don't could know. be? I, maybe he's just really big on that side of the world. Maybe. I've never heard of him. I've been, like, his brother fights in the UFC, but like he's pretty new too. He's only had like one or two fights as well. But yeah, it's it's weird. Like, normally I know anybody that's big enough to have at least 100,000 followers, right? And then this guy comes out of nowhere. Maybe he's like a model or some shit over there as well. I think he's from Turkey, actually. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck he's from, but... Who knows, man? Did, That's so weird. The other side uh, of the world, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Theo Vaughn and Logan Paul. Do you know who Logan Paul is? I don't. He's like a YouTube star, like a okay. Canadian... Or you might have heard of him. <laughs> Remember the Troy McClure from uh, Simpsons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may know him from, or whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, uh, this guy... Uh, fuck, I lost my thought. Oh, this guy, uh, he was known for putting up like a vlog video... Uh, or a vlog video. Wow, that's so redundant. A vlog of him in a suicide forest in Japan. Okay. And uh, there was like a video of somebody actually hanging there. Somebody just recently committed suicide and he posted it on YouTube. And everybody thought it was like... Insens- like he's like a te- late teenager, prankster kind of kid. Like okay. super pretty boy. Like girls go crazy for him. He has like the most followers or some shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like something nuts. Um, he got a lot of backlash for that. Uh, but he's boxing this guy who's a YouTube star in the UK. Mm-hmm. We I've never heard of it. Nobody's ever heard of this fucking guy. He's only big in the UK. You know I mean, okay. so it's crazy how like we have Localized. two sides of the, yeah. like Logan Paul is huge here. I guess it's vlogs. I, you know what? I kind of know him through like other means, like comedians and stuff talk about him. Mm-hmm. I don't expect like a normal person to know him, but okay. KSI or whatever the fuck the guy's name is. He's okay. huge in UK and they're boxing each other. They're celebrities. And they're boxing each other. And they they boxed each other once in Manchester, sold out the arena, and sold a fuck ton of pay-per-views. Never boxed a day in their life. So, do th- you think they this going to be a trend? I think so. I think so. So they're fighting again at the Staples Center. And they just so magically happened to go to a draw the first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now they're fighting in the U.S. Oh at the God. Staples Center. Yeah, and there's a big actual professional boxing fight that's going to serve as like the co-main event to it 
So a lot of people are like, oh, that's such a spit in the face. Why are you going to... These guys deserve to be headlining themselves, right? Yeah, of course. And now you have these YouTube stars coming. That's why the whole Justin Bieber and Tom Cruise thing came up. Right. I'm sure you heard about that. I'm I'm not sure 100% actually. But there was some rumors around where Justin Bieber was calling out Tom Cruise like, I'll fight you. Let's go box or something like that. And then he took him back eventually. But everybody for a minute was talking about... um, who would win, Tom Cruise or Justin Bieber? I'm like, why are we even talking about this That's shit? That's so weird. But you know what? I saw this video circulating this last couple of weeks where it was like Tom Cruise for president. Did uh, you see no, that? I haven't seen that. Actually. It's so weird. It look, I don't know if it's really him or not or someone to look like, but basically, you, you, it, check it out. Basically, he's, he's telling all the reasons why he should be the next president. Oh, he's saying it himself. himself. I thought it was somebody else trying to no. just put it on his behalf. Dude, it's weird, and it's him. Like it looks like him, like at, at telling all the reasons why he should be the next. Fucking Trump is in office, so I guess like <laughs> anything is possible at this point. Yeah, so right? I don't know if I had anything to connect it to Watch that. Watch Scientology just take over America? Could you imagine oh that? Oh my shit? god! Fuck! All right, appreciate you as always. Thanks, Big Rob. We gotta Thank get to, we gotta get into some fights, you man. Got it, brother. We gotta fucking get to the business. All right. Hopefully our dogs are good. They can go play with each other wherever the fuck they want. Um, But we are going to do the recap of UFC 242, which was not a good event for me, unfortunately. There was a lot of fucked up shit that happened at that event, and we'll quickly go over it right now uh, just so I can exercise those demons. (laughs) Uh, But we had a pretty rough night that night. So we had uh, kicking off that parlay out of two-unit parlay at minus one or two odds. Uh, Mirbek Taisimov goes out there and lays an egg against Carlos Diego Fajera. You know, I'm not too, I'm not too concerned uh, about Mirbek's uh, performance per se. It was more so Diego Fajera, like the, the the game plan game plan that he came out with. Uh, his coaches are fucking top notch as well. Uh, they know the way to beat um, uh, Mirbek Taisimov is just to stay in his face cover range, the way he was covering range with his double jab and then the cross that he came with while stepping forward and trying to, you know, cut off Tysonov. He was landing a lot and that was giving Mirbeck a lot of trouble. In that third round alone, Mirbeck threw fucking jack shit. Like, I felt like he was broken by that point and I truly did not believe that. Like, you guys can go back to the last video and see that I told him, I'm like, if Diego Fajera falls too fa- too much in love with his striking, he's going to get fucked up in this fight and he absolutely, like, proved a point that night uh, i won't fucking doubt him again in that aspect you know with the perfect game plan and the ability to keep pushing forward and breaking your opponent that should you know he may not be as technically good as maribek tysimov but that type of style implemented with that type of striking or even that level of striking from a fajera it's going to break guys like tysimov so it's very 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 discouraging for me to see maribek do that because one of the guys I was watching with, I'm like, yo, this guy is like the lightweight uncrowned king. This guy's a monster. And he gets fucking whooped. Like after that first round, he just disappeared. And again, I'm not going to chalk it up to Tysimov not showing up. It was fucking Carlos Diego Fajera and his game plan just staying in his fucking face. So that one really hurt to see just as, you know, even as a fan of Tysimov. I thought he had had that, had that fighting in, in a bag. Um, I told you guys I didn't real f- really feel comfortable betting him straight at anything worse than minus 200 because I know Fajera is still a threat, but I didn't think he was going to put on that type of performance. Uh, and I had to parlay him with Otman Azetar, who I probably should have gone with uh, maybe even like lock of the night deep on. Even the fight doesn't go to decision. Uh, 
Don't know why I overlooked it. So I'm definitely not going to be overlooking any fights on this upcoming card on, uh, at UFC Vancouver. Uh, but just quickly finishing up with a recap of UFC 242. Uh, so that is an L. Uh, the lock of the night play, minus 215 odds on Andrea Lee. Man, Joanne Calderwood showed the fuck up, man. Like, she she really did. Uh, she I was very impressed with her takedowns. I was very surprised that uh, she was able to continuously, uh, you know, fire back at Andrea Lee. Uh, Andrea Lee's always been a consistent fighter. You know, she knows what she needs to do to get the W, even if it might look like a close fight on paper. Uh, you know, she re- normally kind of pulls away from these chicks, especially later in the fights. Uh, but she her gas tank was really gassed, man. Or her gas tank was pretty, like, fucked after that second round. So that was uh, very discouraging to see. Um I'm not going to call it a robbery. It is what it is. Uh, so minus five, you on uh, Andrea Lee right there. Had a dog of the night play on Davey Hamosh. Uh, 0.5 units at plus 304. You know, I, I knew the concerns going into this fight. Uh, I was actually a little bit impressed, actually, by Islam Akachev's, uh his stand-up. I thought Davey Hamosh, you know, if it kept it on the feet, I thought Hamosh was going to be able to knock him out. Uh, maybe not knock him out, but, like, rock him on the feet and then eventually, like, follow him, gra- follow him to the ground and uh, grab a submission. Uh, you know, he's pretty explosive uh he has a lot of power but makachev was just faster he was able to outpoint him on the feet and then in that last round eventually uh you know had the better uh, cardio and was able to hold out top position and uh you know stay free of any submissions that davy hamish was going to throw up so minus 0.5 you on that uh and then going on to my co-main event pick i had uh 1.5 units at minus 145 and 0.5 units at minus 134 on Edson Barboza I had to take the extra 0.5 unit shot uh as the odds kept getting better I was surprised that they were getting better cuz on paper I just didn't see how Paul Felder was going to win this fight uh you know Edson Barboza has been taken down by a lot of opponents in the past but they don't have the level of wrestling or Paul Felder doesn't have the level of wrestling that those guys have uh and Felder you know he still wasn't able to really take down Edson Barbosa here uh Barbosa actually goes for a takedown and gets it as well so that was very impressive on his end uh but it was a close fight you know it really came down to that second round and after watching it again I'm not calling it a complete robbery I thought that Paul Felder you know he even though he did get taken down in the round he did the most of the damage in that position as well uh and then I thought he won the rest of the round too so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about it minus two units on Edson Barbosa we end the event at minus 9.5 so that was a uh, very very shitty to do uh shitty to have especially you know kind of going on a two two event v- winning streak after that or uh, right before that uh but we're right back at it you know i had actually a, a play on bellator as well i actually had two plays we'll start off with the one that was a push i had two units or sorry 2.5 units on ryan bader at minus 170 to win inside the distance against chicago it ended inside the distance, but it ended up being a no contest. We all know what the fuck happened with that. So that ended up being a push. And then lastly, I had two units on Emmanuel Sanchez at minus 126. feel like I should have gone a little bit harder on that. That guy has great value, uh, especially going up against unproven uh, talent like a Taiwan Claxton. Uh, so plus 1.59 units there. I think I was like minus 7 point something units on the night. Rough, you know, very rough. Not the type of night that I wanted, but I feel like I have a... Uh, a trio of great plays that was that I was able to make a little bit earlier today, so I can actually break those down a little bit more for you guys. Uh, but yeah, with breaking down fights a little bit deeper, I'm going to skim over a couple fights as well. So, quick thoughts on UFC Ottawa, or sorry, <laughs> UFC Vancouver. Uh, great card in my opinion overall. I think there's a a lot of fun fights here. 
Um, you know, even just starting off from the bottom of the card, Ryan McDonald versus Louis Smoka could, has the promises to be a pretty scrappy and fun fight. Uh, Brad Katona against Azuri should be an interesting grappling uh, matchup as well in terms of who can impose the grappling more. Cole Smith, Miles Johns, kind of the same type of fight. Uh, Sakai versus Tybora has me a little bit excited. Misha Serkinov against Jimmy Crew, great fight. ACJ against Uriah Hall, amazing fight. The return of Todd motherfucking Duffy, I'm super excited for that. Uh, Glover Tashir against Nikita Krylov. Will Glover continue his gatekeeper status? Is he going to continue to, um, you know, turn away these guys that are trying to get a title shot? Who knows? And then obviously we have the potential fight of the year and Donald Cowboys throwing against Justin Gaethje. Amazing card, amazing card for a, a an ES UFC on ESPN Plus. Yeah, ESPN Plus. You guys are getting spoiled with this fucking card. All right, let's get the fuck right into these fights. Uh, I'm gonna quickly gloss over Kyle Preplik and Austin Hubbard. Hubbard's coming off that loss to Davy Hamosh, where a lot of people expected him to get tapped in the first minute. Uh, unfortunately for Davy Hamosh inside the distance betters. Uh, Hubbard was able to take him to a decision, but he still took an L there, uh, and he's coming up against Kyle Prepolik, a Canadian guy that I kind of know from the area, uh, fought on a couple shows that I was helping out on, uh, cool guy, great guy, had a win over Cody Fister on the, on the regional scene before he got the call up to fight Nordin Talab, I believe that was on very short notice as well, lost that fight, I'm not too super impressed by, uh, by either guy here, uh, I'll go with the Canadian guy, uh, by decision, but uh, I wouldn't bet on it strictly off of that uh, that advice. You know, I I'm I'm not impressed with Hubbard. Very inactive guy uh, and not the best. He's, he has a lot of experience, uh, but I think that Prepolik has the skills to to beat him. Not gonna bet him though. Next up, we have Louis Smoka against Ryan McDonald. Uh, this is a fight I'm kind of interested in. Uh, a part of me, like a slight slight part of me. Wanted to really bet Louis Smoka in this spot. Uh, he's at minus 210 now. If he continues to come down, I might think about it. But it's just so hard to trust Louis Smoka with money. Uh, maybe a small stab. Maybe. Like, maybe if he gets down somehow to, like, the minus 175, minus 150-ish range, I would consider it. Because, uh, you know, his stand-up may not be the best, but his ground game is pretty good. Uh, I'm very impressed by his uh, grappling ability. His scrambles are insane. He's always, he, more often than not, he finds his way on top. Uh, you know, as long as he's finding a guy that he can beat, like a Suma Derji, who impressively was able to stay away, stay out of most submissions from Louis Smoka. But I think with Ryan McDonald here, it's it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Smoka deals with the length that Ryan McDonald is going to be bringing into this fight. Uh, I'm not super impressed with McDonald's ground game. Uh, you know, he. He did get reversed a couple times on the regional scene uh, by some guys that he probably shouldn't have. <clears throat> a lot of guys that were giving him problems. He still ended up pulling out these uh, victories, and he even had uh, you know a couple of submission victories there, a couple of rear naked chokes. But I don't think he's going to be able to pull that off on a Louis Smoka. My only concern here is if Ryan McDonald somehow lands something on the feet, uh, rock Smoka, and then eventually gets a TKO or a or a or a submission of some sort, just like the match now type of fight. You know, Louis Smoka, we got to kind of question his chin at this point. He's been around for a while. He's taken to some beatings, uh, and uh, you know. Ryan McDonald may not have fought the best competition on the regional scene before he, you know, made his UFC debut and lost to Chris Gutierrez by completely getting outworked on the feet. Um, you know, Louis Smoka is going to definitely give him some problems. So I'll go with Louis Smoka here. Um, if he would make like the minus 150 range, I'd probably make a small 1.5 unit play on him or something. Uh, but as of right now, 
I have no interest in playing him above uh, the minus 175 range, uh, but I am going to take him to win probably by submission in the second round. Next up, Chaskelly against Jordan Griffin. Uh, you know, Chaskelly, great wrestler, has been out for a while now. Uh, he hasn't fought since November of last year, uh, but he was scheduled to have a fight with Jordan Griffin earlier this year. Uh, got injured, and uh, they rebooked the fight, so good for them. You know, they get an extended training camp for each other. I think they've been training for each other for maybe like six months now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of game plan both of these guys come in with. Um, overall, I think that Jordan Griffin is a better fighter. Uh, I think he has the better stand-up. Um, you know, he's just been... Uh, I think he's he's experienced uh, the type of game plan that Chaskelly is going to kind of bring to this. You know, Danny Gay, I believe, has a better top game in jiu-jitsu than Chaskelly. Chaskelly obviously is a little bit longer and lankier than a Danny Gay, but I think that Jordan Griffin, with his striking alone, should be able to keep Chaskelly on the outside. I don't think that it's going to be too hard of a fight for Jordan Griffin. I like the line at minus 130-ish, minus 125-ish, but he's... He's definitely plunging now. A lot of people are jumping on the Jordan Griffin train. He's getting up to the minus 150-ish range now. So I don't really have too much, uh, you know, not much of a knack to bet Jordan Griffin here uh, unless his line gets a little bit closer to even again. Uh, but, I, you know, it's hard to pick against my man, Chas Kelly, because I have a lot of love for that guy. But I'm going with Jordan Griffin here. I think he's going to win by decision. Uh, and I think that uh, he kind of makes Chas look bad while doing it too. It's... I hope the best for Chas, but I just don't think this is a good fight for him here. So I'm taking Jordan Griffin by decision. Next up, we got Brad Katona against Hunter Azure. So on first on first look, I was very intrigued by Brad Katona in this spot. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of him, even though I've bet against him a couple times. Uh, cashed once, lost once. Uh, but it, it seems that if you have the pace and cardio of a Mirab Devalishvili, you, sh- you should be able to out-grapple Brad Katona, who himself is pretty much a grappling fighter and, and likes to impose as well that way. Uh, and you might get that in a Hunter Azuri, you know. He showed a lot of good grappling in his last fight. Um, you know, it was unfortunate that he wasn't able to get the, the finish against his guy on the uh, contender series, even though he had uh, the guy compromised plenty of times with a lot of solid leg kicks. Um if he's able to implement those early against Brad Katona, I could see him kind of, uh, you know, finding success and, and getting the victory. Uh, but I have something about uh, UFC debuts. You guys know that. A lot of them have burned me in the past. Um, you know, it's impressive. 7-0, he has a great wrestling background as well. Uh, Brad Katona, you know, great, great grappler himself too. Has the SBG camp behind him. <sighs> this one's hard to pick, man. You're getting Brad Katona roughly around the minus 160 range. I don't feel comfortable playing him at that. If it gets a little bit closer, I might think about Brad Katona. Um, I'll take Katona to win. I uh, probably won't bet him. Uh, but if you do want to get a play on this, I, I would say Brad Katona. But wait until it gets a little bit better. I think there is money going to be coming in on Hunter Azuri again. Uh, I think most, you know, as the week goes on, people are going to find out who Azuri is. Uh, they're going to fall in love with his wrestling background and probably uh, go for it there. But... I don't know. I like Katona here. It's going to be hard for me to bet Azuri, uh, but I'll take Katona by decision. All right, let's move the fuck along. We got Marvin Vittori versus Andrew Sanchez. I do have a bet on this fight. Um, I'm taking a 0.5 unit stab at plus 257 on uh, Andrew Sanchez. What's that now? It's still sitting at plus 257 on Sportbet. 
I like I, I really like Marvin Vittori. You know, uh, I I think he's a great fighter. I think he has a lot of potential still. Uh, he's coming off that victory over Cesar Ferreira. He had the loss to Israel Adesanya before that, uh, but he's definitely grown. You know that the Cesar Ferreira fight wasn't an easy fight uh, going into it, but he kind of made it look easy after that. He was landing a lot on Cesar Ferreira. Um, Fajeda wasn't really able to implement his game plan of trying to clinch and, and keep Marvin Vittori close. Uh, and then uh, in this fight, he kind of has, I'd say he'd have the edge on the feet here. Uh, but I think that once the fight does get close, I think he, Andrew Sanchez will have a little bit more uh, success than Cesar Fajeda did by keeping the fight close to Marvin Vittori. I think he's going to get him down multiple times in that first round, maybe the first round and a half. Uh, and I think that he can... Uh, hold it together enough to make it the full three rounds. And I truly believe that he'll win the first two rounds strictly based off of grinding the fuck out of Marvin Vittori. He did it last time around against Marc-Andre Barry. He was my lock of the night play that night as well. Um, I, when you get a guy as strong as Andrew Sanchez, and he has great grappling credentials as well, uh, and he's working with TriStar as well, uh, Faraz Zahabi definitely comes up with the best game plans and knows how to utilize guys to the best of their ability. And we all know what Andrew Sanchez is about. Andrew Sanchez is about he's really good at at may, on wearing on guys on grinding on guys on zapping of them them of their energy but he's also had issues in the past with his cardio so I, I believe we saw a bit of uh, improvement in his last couple fights with his cardio um you know he may have lost the well he did definitely win that round against Marc-Andre Barriot where he just would not let go and to have that type of grip and have that strength and try to hold down a guy and uh, Barrio who's trying to go for a finish to try to get the try to get the victory that way he did a very good job of nullifying that as best as he could and I think he's gonna he could or he has the ability to do that to a guy like uh, Marvin Vittori uh, but I, I could definitely see Marvin Vittori winning in the third round as well but I am going to take Andrew Sanchez by decision. I think that he definitely should not be lying this bad. You know, anything above like the plus 225 range, I think that's a lot of disrespect. I think a lot of people are forgetting what Andrew Sanchez is all about and probably just drinking a lot of that Marvin Vittori Kool-Aid after he beat a guy in Cesar Fajera. Andrew Sanchez, I think he is technically better than Fajera, has the better entries, uh, is stronger, uh, has the better wrestling overall, uh, so I just don't see how Andrew Sanchez is not able to get Marvin Vittori down for the first at least round and a half consistently. Uh, and then hopefully he can survive for that last round and a half, uh, last round. Um, but, I, but I think that he's definitely worth a stab at plus 250 and above. So I made a point for unit stab that, that profits roughly about one unit. Uh, I didn't want to go the hardest on it because... One thing that I'm really high on, especially if you guys have been watching me for the last 50, however many episodes, 53 episodes now, you guys know that I love guys with cardio. Cardio is a very big factor in terms of who I bet. Um, and when you see improvements in guys, you got to kind of, and especially when it matches up with their skills, you got to hope that and and kind of know that their, their cardio is going to continue to get better. And it obviously goes uh in conjunction with the type of offense that they're fighting as well sorry the, the 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 opposition that they're fighting um if those guys aren't able to set up a crazy pace like a you know like a like a who am i trying to think like a dominic cruz or somebody like that we know that the, their gas tank is probably going to be a little bit more prolonged and we shouldn't worry about it as much as when they're going to fight a guy like dominic cruz or tj dillashaw or something like that so with andrew sanchez 
I think that he'll be fine with Marvin Vittori. He, Vittori has good good footwork, but I don't think he's going to set a crazy pace on Sanchez. And I do believe he will have slightly better cardio uh, and than our Andrew Sanchez in that third round. But I think that we will see improvements from Andrew Sanchez and him slowly try to slowly uh, continue to achieve uh, the potential that we saw of him after he came off of the Ultimate Fighter, just absolutely wrecking shop there. So I'm taking Andrew Sanchez by decision, uh, but that third round is going to be a little bit of a nail-biter. And it's an official bet as well. 0.4 units at uh, plus 257. All right. Next up, we got Cole Smith against Miles John. Uh, Miles John, sorry. Um, both of these guys uh, like to kind of set a grapple-heavy approach. Uh, Miles John likes to test it out on the field a little bit more. Likes to throw those wrestler winging right hooks like I always talk about. So... When guys kind of have rudimentary striking like that, it's kind of a red flag for me. Uh, I like Cole Smith in this position. Uh, he's going to be the bigger guy. Uh, I think he's going to be the stronger guy as well, even though Johns looks cut as fuck. But I think just with uh, Cole's size alone, uh, he might be able to get the better of these wrestling exchanges. Uh, I know Johns is a credential wrestler as well too, but uh, I don't believe uh, that he should be as heavy of a favorite as he was earlier today. He was roughly around the minus 160-ish range, I want to say. Let me confirm that number. Yeah, minus 150-ish range, and now he's sitting closer to minus 125. So a lot of love is coming in on Cole Smith. Uh, the wise guys are betting uh, Cole Smith here, <laughs> uh, but I don't know uh, if that's the way that I would feel comfortable either. You know, this is a pretty... I'd say this is a very close fight, uh, and now that it's getting lined a little bit closer, it's kind of telling the truth a little bit more. Uh, I, I like Cole Smith's style of just consistent grappling. You guys know I love grapplers. His his cardio seems decent as well. He went five rounds in the fight before he came to the UFC. Uh, you know, uh, he had a really good performance against the UFC veteran Mitch Gagnon, who may not have fought you know that recently before that. But uh, I I just love um, the style of a Cole Smith. Uh, but he's coming up against a guy who I think will give him a little bit of fits with the grappling too and Miles John. So it, it's kind of a toss-up fight here, uh, kind of go dog or pass, I believe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see at like minus 110, just dead even come fight night. Uh, but we will definitely find out who the de better grappler is and who is better at implementing the game plan. I'm going to go with Cole Smith here just because of his size uh, and just his cardio too. I think he might be able to outwork Miles John's here too. So we'll see. Uh, no real bet for me right now. Uh, maybe that might change. I, I, I just can't confidently say that I'll bet it uh, later this week. But uh, I do like Cole Smith here to win by decision. Next up, we got Augusto Sakai versus Marcin Taibura. Uh, Sakai is coming off a four-fight winning streak where he beat Tiago Cardosa. Uh, then on the Contender Series, he beat Mar Marcos Conrado. Uh, then Chase Sherman, then Andre Olovsky, which was probably the biggest one of his career. Uh, and then he comes in here against Marcin Taiburo, who's coming off a loss to uh, Shamil Abdurahimov. It's interesting that they're matching these guys up the way they are. There's been a lot of guys who are fighting, uh, you know, people that lost before. Normally, they like to match up guys that are, like, on winning streaks or something like that. But that is not the case here. So with Augusto Sakai, we're getting a guy that kind of likes to just keep it standing, likes to strike, uh, you know, when I feel like... He ha he feels like he has his opponents a little bit gassed and a little bit um, out of the fight. He doesn't mind taking them down and trying to get the, the ground and pound finish there, kind of like what he did against Chase Sherman. Uh, but in the Andre Olofsky fight, you know, very, very close. I was... Uh, 
I don't know if I, I can say that I was in the camp that scored it for Arlovsky, uh, but it was definitely a very close fight. Um, I think that uh, he's kind of lucky because Marcin Tybor doesn't really present anything super special now. You know, it's it's kind of sad to see him kind of derailed. Uh, I liked him very big in that Stefan Struve fight, which is I, why I believe I played him as my lock of the night play. And then Shamil Abdurahimov, you know, he just goes out there and gets knocked out. Insane. Um that one kind of really hurt. <laughs> uh, but I think in this fight, you know, I don't think Sakai has the craziest knockout power. Um, I think Taibura has the better footwork here. Um, I think he has the better ability to mix it up too. Um, it's pretty much a dead even fight. I, I'm going to look into this fight a little bit harder uh, just, you know, due to the fact that I like Taibura, even though he's, you know, one in three in his last four. Uh, I think he still has skills. Um, you know, look at those three, though, that he lost. Fabrizio Verdum, Derek Lewis, and Shamil Abdurahimov. Obviously, the Derek Lewis fight is a fight he was winning, and then Derek Lewis does his Derek Lewis shit. Um, fuck. Uh, I'll go with Taibura here by decision. I wouldn't mind seeing what the over looks like. Uh, if it's, like, over one and a half, I'll probably look at betting the over one and a half. Uh, but knowing the odds makers, they'll probably do over two and a half or something like that. Uh, I don't really like betting those, but we'll definitely check it out and see how that goes. Uh, but I'm going to take Marcin Taibura by decision. I, I like him, man. Uh, I don't think the most of Sakai. He probably should have lost that fight against Arlovsky. Uh, doesn't move the best. Marcin Taibura mixes it up a lot better. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Marcin Taibura try to take this fight to the ground every now and then to just keep Sakai on his feet um, or on the tip of his toes, I should say. <clears throat> and get the victory that way. So, decision for Tybura, just an all-around MMA beatdown. Maybe not a beatdown. Probably be a little bit closer. But I'm taking uh, Tybura. Maybe a possible bet, too, if he gets to plus money. Maybe. All right, next up, we got Misha Serkinov versus Jimmy Crute. Uh, Misha Serkinov, man, he is just running into unfortunate situation after unfortunate situation. His chin definitely needs to, like, take a chill pill. Uh, it's been six months since he's been knocked out by Johnny Rocker. Uh, before that, he completely dummied uh, Patrick Cummins, choked him out with an arm triangle. Uh, and then before that, got finished by Glover Teixeira uh, and Volkan Uzdemir before that. So he's had a rough little stretch, also one in three in his last four. Um, he has a very winnable fight in Jimmy Crude ahead of him. You know, I think he's the better grappler here. I think that he is the better stand-up uh, striker as well. Um, I... I just think that he has issues when it comes to his chin, and Jimmy Crew definitely cracks like a motherfucker, you know. He was able to finish Sam Alvey, even though Sam Alvey got up after and, you know, was protesting the call. I think it was just a good enough shot that put him out. Um, and he's he is tough. He's gritty. He has a good chin. Um, and if he finds Misha's chin, I think he'd be able to rock him and put him out as well. So it, it's hard to trust Misha Serkinov for money nowadays, unless he can, you know, put together a couple of wins where he shows that his chin is still there. Uh, it's just tough to bet somebody with such, um, you know, such issues with their chins. It's 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 tough. I love Misha as well. He's a Toronto-based guy, or at least I think he's moved out to Vegas now, but he used to train, train at the Extreme Couture up here. He used to come by the gym that I work at as well. Great guy. Um, has all the potential in the motherfucking world. He's just been running into a lot of hard hitters. Uh, Jimmy Crute's probably going to be one of them as well. But if Misha sticks to a really good game plan, maybe even tries to go to the grappling almost immediately, I think he has a good chance of winning this fight. I know one thing that is almost a sure bet here is the fight doesn't go to decision. Uh, it's sitting at minus 350, so that's a little bit too steep for me right now. Uh, but I'll take uh, Jimmy Crute by KO. It hurts me to say that I'm going to say first round KO uh, and Misha Zirkunov just 
has to go back and reevaluate shit. Maybe go to heavyweight, dude. He's a pretty stacked light heavyweight. If he puts on a little bit more pounds, maybe you could just stick around a heavyweight uh, and just fight at a natural weight. Fuck it. All right, next up, uh, we were supposed to have Michelle Pereira against Sergey Kanduzoku. Uh, unfortunately, Sergey got injured. Uh, so hopefully they can still get uh, Michael Michelle Pereira on the card here because he's very entertaining. A lot of people want to see what he has to offer in terms of the encore to his Danny Roberts knockout, and I am one of those people. <clears throat> I promised to show you guys Alfred before we finish this. He's actually just chilling under the desk, probably napping. I'm not sure how he's napping with all my jibber-jabbering going on, but he's cute as fuck, I promise. All right, next up, my lock of the night play. We got Antonio Carlos Jr. against Uriah Hall. Um, let's start off with Uriah Hall here. 14-9, and uh, very underwhelming record, uh, especially coming off that terror run that he had during the Ultimate Fighter Series. Uh, and then obviously, you know, losing to Calvin Gastelum in the finale. Kind of laying an egg after, you know, that, that performance. Let's see. Um, since the Calvin Gastelum loss, he's... Uh, three and two, five and two, five and five, seven and six. Pretty underwhelming for a guy that we thought was going to be like the next Anderson fucking Silva. Uh, you know, we know what he's about. He has a great stand-up game. Um, you know, loves the spinning shit. Uh, you know, caught Gegar Musasi with that a couple years ago, but then eventually Gegar Musasi comes back in and just absolutely lays it on fucking, uh, lays it on Uriah Hall um, pretty easily. Uh, Christoph Jocko was having a lot of success against Uriah Hall as well. That fight could have easily been stopped near the ending of that first round. Uh, and then he eventually catches Jocko. Uh, Paulo Costa completely steamrolls him. Bevin Lewis tees off on him for two rounds. And then, uh, you know, Uriah Hall just lands the perfect punch uh, to finish Bevin Lewis uh, and get the finish in the third round. It, it's so tough to see the type of Uriah Hall you're going to get, but one thing that is always consistent with this guy is if you stay in his face and don't let him be comfortable, he's not going to have any activity. There was even times where Bevan Lewis was kind of just standing there and, and Uriah Hall still wasn't really capitalizing on the on the stoppage of movement from Bevan Lewis. So it's it's interesting to to figure out why the fuck he is so gun-shy. Like in the Bevan Lewis fight, I think he only had seven strikes in the first two rounds and then eventually had that the finish in that third round. Uh, but... He just his his lack of output is very very concerning. Uh, the fact that he's always kind of banking on that one shot KO, and he's kind of lucky in the Jotko fight and the Bevan Lewis fight for those things to happen. So it's going to be fresh in his head still, th knowing that he has that in his back pocket that he can just go out there and just land a bomb and possibly finish some of these guys. But when you got when you have a, a durable guy like an Ant Antonio Carlos Jr. who has such a smashing ground game as well, it's it's tough. It's going to be tough for Uri Hall. I think that uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. will get this fight to the ground with relative ease. Maybe not on the first shot or the second shot, but he will. His 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 strength, his size. He is one of the biggest middleweights out there easily. Um, and just his his brute strength of getting some of these guys down. The way he was able to get down Ian Heinish on a consistent basis. I think he's going to have a, a even a little bit easier of a job against a guy like Uriah Hall. Um, it, it's it's a no-brainer for me here. You know, Antonio Carlos Jr. deserves to be the lock of the night play. The only thing that is a little bit of a concern is that third-round gas tank of his. But even that, I was kind of impressed with what he was, what he had to offer against an Ian Heinish. Um, you know, he was able to catch a good sweep there. Uh, 
And, you know, he did reverse the position. He did slide off on top, but uh, I'm still impressed that he was able to stay in the fight uh, for as long as he did. I think that even if he gets to the third round against Uriah Hall, Uriah Hall's uh, activity and the pace that he sets is not enough to really gas out an Antonio Carlos Jr. I think that Jr. is going to have success on the ground, and I think he'll even get the tap probably in the first round, maybe even in the second round, but I don't see it even getting to the third round. So I think that... Um, the minus 175 is a great range for him. I think right after I bet it, it kind of went a little bit higher. He's sitting r- roughly around the minus 180, minus 200-ish range. So I kind of got lucky with the minus 175 that I got at William Hill. But uh, it's only a matter of time be- before people you know, realize uh, the kind of stylistic matchup we have here. You know, Antonio Carlos Trinidad does like to come forward. You know, he 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 can be hit, uh, but he does a good job of rolling with his shots. Uh, and he does a good job with closing dis- the distance. And then I think once he gets Uriah Hall up against the cage, he's going to have no problems dragging him to the ground, controlling him there, and then eventually getting an arm triangle or a rear naked choke. I definitely see him finishing Uriah Hall in the first round here. So I don't really think we need to worry too much about the third round possible cardio issues of an Antonio Carlos Jr. here. Um, yeah, it would really surprise me if this actually went past the one and a half mark. Uh, but I think there's a lot of value on Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, better than minus 200, I would say. If you guys can get him at that range, I would definitely go for it. He is my most confident pick on the card. He is my lock of the night play. Yeah, not much more to say other than that on that fight. I, I love Carlos here. Um, I think he's just getting better too. The Ian Hyannis style and pace was a little bit too much for him, but I don't think that Uriah Hall is going to set that type of pace and set that type of pressure uh, that would, um, you know, cause him to gas out or cause him to even go to a third round. I think once he gets to the ground, it's almost pretty much a wrap, uh, and I think that Carlos Jr. is going to get the finish. So uh, I think he gets back on track. You know, it's unfortunate that he had that five-fight winning streak against Ian Heiner's snapped, um, and now he fights Uriah Hall, and I think he submits Uriah Hall first round. I'm going to call arm triangle choke. Poor Uriah Hall. I was so looking forward to him to being like a star in the UFC. You know, that's something that the UFC was really lacking. And I think that they thought he was going to fill that mold, but unfortunately he is not. All right, next up we got Nikita Krill. Oh, sorry. I almost skipped a fight. We got the return of Todd Duffy against Jeff Hughes. So Todd Duffy is coming back after a four years and two months off insane that is the longest stretch i believe he's been out for uh actually between uh phil his phil defreeze and anthony hamilton fight he was roughly out for about two years and now he's coming back after four years um how does he come back does he come back as a completely different fighter does he come back as a a wrestler (laughs) um or is he going to come out there and just completely murk fucking dude you know what i mean I, i think that uh stylistically this is a very good matchup for him i think that he could definitely get the finish here um i think he's going to be obviously the faster of the two um if this does get past the first round i think that jeff hughes has an advantage in terms of cardio i think that he'll probably be able to grind out todd duffy if it gets past the second round uh but or uh, past the first round but i'm just so discouraged by jeff hughes last fight i did have have him as a lock of the night play against maurice green uh you know he fought him pretty much the fight before that and comes out there and lays an absolute egg you have that the complete game plan that you need to beat this guy and just refuse to get you know implement that game 
He just did it for five round rounds against the same guy a couple fights ago, and then he comes in there and lays a complete egg against Maurice Green. It was, it was so unfortunate. Like it was very, very. It sucked. Let's just put it that way. When you have five units and a guy like Jeff Hughes who has there's there should be no reason he shouldn't win this fight. Go out there and lay an egg. Obviously, you're going to be upset. And I was definitely upset. Uh, but I think that Todd Duffy's going to come out here and just put a fucking shocker on. Uh, you can't, like, just auto bet against Todd Duffy because he's been off for four and a half years. You know, uh, Nate Diaz has been off for so long, he comes back and has a master performance against Anthony Pettis. And, you know, we don't know how Todd Duffy's going to come back. And either I would bet the fight doesn't go to decision, but I think that's, like, minus, yeah, minus 365. So that's obviously out of betting range. Um you just stay away from this fight. I'm being honest. If you want to get crazy, go with the guy that's plus money. I'd go with Todd Duffy. Uh, so I'm going to take Todd Duffy by first-round KO. But don't read too much into the narrative of him being off for so fucking long. I do like to think about that sometimes in some cases. But with a guy like Todd Duffy, with how explosive and how powerful he is, he could put his fucking lights out within a minute. So cardio wouldn't be, be an issue. Uh, none of that shit's going to be an issue. So I'm going to take Todd Duffy by first round KO. Next up, we have my last play of the night that I actually just played. Uh, I had 1.2 units on Glover Teixeira at plus 103. Yes, Glover Teixeira is at plus money now, so I had to fucking take the shot. I, I truly believe he's worth it. Let's just go over his last two fights. Both fights he was rocked in. Both fights he was able to gather his wits by uh, grappling his opponent and eventually getting them down quickly reversing the fight the Carl Roberson fight was probably the craziest one where he was going for the takedown Carl Roberson unleashed some elbows clearly rocked and you could have stopped that fight I probably wouldn't have been mad at that uh but Glover Teixeira rises up from the dead uh takes down Carl Roberson and eventually works himself to get an arm triangle choke victory insane how he's able to do that even in the Ian Kutalaba fight I thought he ate a couple good shots and I think that it's kind of um it's kind of answering his uh, chin issues conversation, you know. Alexander Gustafson put him out with repeated damage over in the fifth round, way back in 2017. And then Anthony Johnson, who the fuck does not fuck up? Uh, who who does not get fucked up by Anthony Johnson? So I think even the chin issues narrative is a little bit overblown. Um, yeah. You know, Corey Anderson didn't put him out. He's He has pillow hands, so I get that. Misha Serkinov couldn't do it. Uh Carl Robertson and Kotalaba, they tested him, but he still stayed in there. He got the takedowns. And I think that he's going to easily be able to get Nikita Krylov down as well. I don't think he'll have much issue closing the distance and getting him down. He does still throw heavy. He is very rudimentary in his striking, like I've said in the past, but he can still throw. I think he has a lot of heat behind his hands, and I think he'll make it very difficult for Nikita Krylov. Uh, but Krylov, you know, I don't want to like say too much bad about him either because that guy has a lot of potential. I think this is a bad stylistic matchup for him strictly due to the grappling advantage that Glover Teixeira will have here. We've seen how smashing of a fucking top game this guy has. He's really, really good. He's able to flow from side control to full mount to half guard. It's insane how well he is able to transition on the ground, especially with being how old he is. I know that's a huge narrative out there as well for a lot of people saying that Glover's up there in age. I think he's, where is he getting at? He's at 39 years old now. But when you get to these higher weight classes, that's when the power sticks around a little bit more. Maybe the chin might go a little bit, but strength and power alone might be able to win for most guys. But but with Glover, Glover Teixeira, you're getting a lot of good technique on the ground as well. So that definitely helps his case. And I just 
Nikita Krylov doesn't have the greatest takedown defense, in my opinion. I think that Glover will successfully get him down, uh, and I don't know if Krylov will be able to put him out in that first round. I think the second round is kind of where Krylov might be able to find victory, but his gas tank also is uh, very questionable as well, too. He's not he's not a guy that likes to go to th- the third round often. Uh, I think all of his fights are pretty much a finish. Yeah. How, when's the last time you saw a third round? He hasn't seen a third round since he fought Soa Palele, and he lost uh, via punches in the third round against a heavyweight in Soa Palele. So let me just say that. I think Glover has decent cardio, man. I think if this fight does get to the third round, I think he can pull off a victory there. I really wanted to bet the fight doesn't go to decision, uh, but it's at like the minus, yeah, minus 305. If it, for some goddamn reason, comes better than minus 250, I might have to make that a lock of the night play as well. But I do love Glover, Glover to share here to get the first round submission. I'm going to say arm triangle choke. I love the arm triangle choke today, but I think that Glover Teixeira will definitely find himself in that position and get the easy tab against Nikita Krylov. If Krylov is able to keep this on the feet, though, he should be able to make this fight interesting. He can use his kicks. He could use that to kind of keep Glover on the outside, but I think Glover somehow will find his way inside um, with punches, uh, maybe even catching a kick. Um, I know Krylov is a great karate fighter, but I still think that, uh, you know, Glover Teixeira will definitely be able to get uh, the takedowns here. Uh, and I don't think that Krylov has the greatest movement. He has good movement, but I don't think he has the greatest where he'll be able to keep Glover Teixeira away from him the entire fight. So um, I'm going with Glover first round sub. I like him at uh, plus money, so I would recommend betting him at plus money if you can get it as well. I think he wins this fight uh, and you know continues his status as gatekeeper. He's not going to be a championship holder, but I think he'll stick around the po- top five to seven ish range uh, and just you know weeding out the guys that probably shouldn't deserve a title shot. And in my opinion, man, Nikita Krylov, he has all the fucking potential in the world. So if he's able to pull this off, this is going to be the biggest one of his career, at least the biggest name in his career too. And I can't wait to see kind of what it sets up for him uh, at the top of the division. And this is a division that needs new guys. This is definitely a a division that requires uh, some new blood. And we have that in Johnny Walker and Alexander Rakic. But it kind of stops there. You know, there's Jimmy Crude out there. Um, Excuse me. I feel like I'm forgetting one more name. But there are definitely some guys out there. I don't know why the fuck this chair is making so much goddamn noise, but I apologize. All right, let's get to our main event of the evening. Donald Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje. Just to give you guys a perspective on how crazy this fight is probably going to be, the fight doesn't go to decision as minus 530. Yeah. (laughs) In fucking sane. Uh, All right, let's kick it off with Donald Cerrone. He's coming off a barn burner of a fight against Tony Ferguson where he made probably the worst decision in his life by blowing his nose at the end of the second round, poofing up his eye and pretty much restricting his vision his vision in that eye and Tony Ferguson get a, gets awarded the victory. I'm glad they didn't do the, the rematch because Tony Ferguson deserves a motherfucking title shot and he was definitely winning that fight. Uh, and uh, Donald Cerrone, he kind of gets himself set up for a decent fight here with Justin Gaethje as well. You know, Gaethje's coming off a big win over Edson Barboza, so I guess that Donald Cerrone can kind of continue his momentum that he's been on since he beat Mike Perry, Ali Quinta, Alexander Hernandez, had a great fight with Tony Ferguson, and a win over Justin Gaethje should, you know, cement himself in the top five as well. So, Great fight uh, stylistically. Uh, let's break it down a little bit. So Justin Gaethje, we all know that he loves his, uh, you know, 
forward pressure. He loves to throw leg kicks. Uh, his his striking defense leaves a little bit to be desired. You know, he kind of just shows up, doesn't really look, um, and I think a lot of guys are able to kind of punch him around that guard. Dustin Poirier had a lot of uh, success doing that, which is why I think he won that fight, and, and absolute hard as well, too. Justin Gaethje beat the fuck out of his legs. It was pretty evident that Dustin Poirier was limping around a lot in that round. Uh, his leg was fucked for sure but he still managed to generate enough power to rock Justin Gaethje overwhelm him and then eventually get the finish I believe that was the fourth round uh in a crazy fucking fight where is that uh Justin Gaethje Dustin Poirier yeah that was his third last fight fourth round 33 seconds in um yeah, it, that was an insane fight. But Justin Cagey has been, been putting it together, man. He was a pretty decent underdog going into that James Vick fight. Same with the Edson Barboza fight. And he goes out there and knocks both those guys in under half a round. Insane performances by him. Uh, you know, I love that he was going for kick for kick for uh, against Edson Barboza to start off that fight. We all knew that kind of was probably how it was going to start. And I'm glad it actually fulfilled that expectation. Um I think if, if he's able to implement the leg kick game against Donald Cerrone here, uh, he should find success. But I think he needs to be very wary about the counters because we know Cowboy's going to be expecting those leg kicks. He's a great kickboxer and Muay Thai fighter himself, so I'm sure he's prepared enough to, to check those as best as he can. Uh, but just the veracity and and craziness that Justin Gaethje throws those leg kicks with, I'm sure enough will get through to actually land some damage on Cerrone. But... Remember when I was talking about Justin Gaethje's striking defense, leaving a little bit to be desired? I think that Cerrone has the precision and combinations to, you know, land around the guard of a Justin Gaethje and rock him. I think that this is a, this should be slightly lined a little bit closer. I, I'm even interested in seeing uh, what the Cerrone inside the distance is, plus 210. I don't know, if that gets around plus one, 250, I might have to take a very small stab on that as well, because I think that Cerrone has a lot of, uh, tools to actually finish this fight inside the distance as well. If he's able to withstand the leg kicks, if he's able to withstand the pressure, you know, say all we want about the pressure, but Justin Gaethje's pressure mainly comes from him walking forward. He does throw bombs, but it's not as consistent as we kind of remember. You know, if Justin Dustin Poirier was able to continuously throw out shots there, jabs, and and keep Justin Gaethje kind of on the end of his punches, I think Cerrone will have a lot of uh, success with that as well. He's very, very... Um, Accurate with his strikes. Um, you know, he can pretty much throw from anywhere. Uh, he does decently going backwards. Like, when he's not getting uh, absolutely overwhelmed, he can land very good uh, counters. Uh, and I think that just Justin Gaethje's lack of striking defense is going to be his downfall here. Um, he could absolutely go out there and, uh, you know, decimate Soroni in one round and just completely overwhelm him and finish him and maybe with some body shots or something. But I think the longer this fight goes, it definitely favors a Donald Cerrone. Um, man, I, I'm probably just going to stay away from this fight in, in total. Fuck, I, I know I was talking about possibly betting the Cerrone inside the distance, but that it's 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 a very it's a very tough fight to pick, man. I know a lot of people are strictly going on Justin just due to his pressure, but I, again, striking defense just leaves a little bit too much to be desired. <clears throat> I saved that yawn. Whew. Um, yeah, man. I, I got to go with... Fuck. <sighs> man, this is, such a, this is such a hard fight to pick. I'm going to go with uh, a no bet. <laughs> but my pick will be uh, Donald Cerrone. I'm going to go with Donald Cerrone. I think that... 
Uh, he outstrikes Justin Gaethje. Uh, he gets Gaethje's respect by landing consistently. Um, I think that he evades the you know rudimentary striking of a Justin Gaethje minus the leg kicks. I think if he, it's going to be very pertinent for him to check those kicks as early as possible. Um, let Justin Gaethje knows that he's ready for that. Um, you know, works his angles, works his foot movement, uh, uses his legs a lot too. I would be kind of surprised to see Justin Gaethje go for a takedown or anything. Uh, that probably would be his safest way to win this fight, to to secure it. I think that he has good enough wrestling to stay out of any submissions that Cerrone might throw. But Cerrone is pretty slick with his jiu-jitsu as well. But I'm going to take Cerrone by, by third-round KO. <sighs> yeah, I'm taking Cerrone by third-round KO. I just don't know if I'll bet it. This is gonna be. This is a very, very close fight. It's it's tough for me to find uh, reasons to lay good hard money on Justin Gaethje just due to his straight lack of striking defense. I'm uh, probably not the most clean striking technique either, which leaves himself open against a very accurate striker in Donald Cerrone. But again, the the concern for Cerrone is how he reacts to the pressure because sometimes he's shown he's okay with it, and some other times he's he's kind of you know folded. Um, and then Justin Gaethje, the concerns with him, striking defense. We don't know if he's going to be able to take Donald Cerrone's shots. Cerrone is a very hard kicker as well. He, he's going to be able to land some of those head kicks, I believe. Uh, and it could be trouble for Justin Gaethje. So I'm going to take Cerrone by third-round TKO. Uh, probably a no-bet. Um, the only thing I would be slightly interested in is Cerrone inside the distance. Uh, but it's at two, plus 210 right now. Not the number that I would want. I want I would want at least a plus two fifty ish, so we'll see if it gets around there. But as of right now, I feel like I'm going to stay firm with the three bets that I currently have. Uh, as I've told you guys, uh, zero point four unit stab on Andrew Sanchez at plus two fifty seven. Uh, then I also have uh, lock of the night play on Antonio Carlos Jr. at minus one seventy five uh, over Uriah Hall, and then a one point two unit play at plus one three on Glover Teixeira over Nikita Krylov. Love those plays. I am going to do my best to stay firm on just those plays. Uh, but if some props are too juicy to pass up, I might have to take a stab. So we'll see there. But uh, And also, if the Glover and Krilov uh, fight doesn't go to decision, gets better than minus 250, uh, if it does get better than minus 250, I might make it a lock of the night play. Uh, but if it continues to stay above minus 250, I'm just going to stay away from it in general. So that's pretty much it for UFC Vancouver. I promise you guys I'll show you Glitch. Or not Glitch. Glitch is Big Rob's dog. My dog's Alfred. Let me see if I can get him up here. Alfred, come here, boy. Yeah. Uh, this is Alfred. Yeah. He's that cute little dog. He is a dachshund. Dachshund? Dachshund? Not sure how to say it. I'll be with you in a second, buddy. What you do? All right. You guys might see him a little bit more. <laughs> But he is a fucking awesome dog. So, um, first time dog owner, by the way. So I'm trying to do my best by being the, the best papa I can be. All right, that's pretty much it for my end. Make sure you guys are following me at MMALOTN on Twitter. Subscribe on the YouTube channel. I got some really, really fucking cool shit in the works, man. I'm super excited for it. Um, yeah, Combatter Stores will be back with a little bit of a bang. With a bang, not a little bit with a bang, uh, and also some other projects that I'm very interested in starting up and seeing how they go. I wish I could share it with you guys, but I want to keep it under wraps until I can legitimately give you guys something to to check out. <laughs> All right. Um, MMALOTN.ca is the website. At MMALOTN is the Twitter. Check out the tape index. 
that shit's right there for you guys to go and and gamble away and 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 prepare as much as possible. But I have my three plays right now, and that's it. Okay, I gotta shut the fuck up because I keep talking. I'm out. 